ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, it's been a while. I've been on holiday, but we make money to enjoy life, right? Anyway, the important thing is I'm Zuma JD and I'm back with an exclusive guest, CL. He's here for Zuma JD interview number nine. Let's get into it. CL, welcome to the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, so it's pretty exciting times at the moment. Um, it's been a couple months since the last interview and we've almost hit an all time high in the markets at the moment. So yeah. When do you think we're going to hit an all time high? <laughs> Big questions. Doesn't like, doesn't like break 20 K. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I'm mostly like trade shorter time from like maybe a week or two forwards. Like I have less conviction on my longer term views, but it seems like. <laughs> Like this, this trend has been lasting a while. New cash just keeps coming in, so I, I don't think there's a reason to assume it stops. Yeah. Why do you think that new cash is coming in at the moment, or do you just know it is coming? In? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know there's there's definitely money coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we we can see it through a lot of uh, ways. You can see like increased spot volume mm-hmm. relative to like derivatives volume. Like, I think that's that's already discussed a few times and also coinbase has been trading like over other exchanges and that's where a lot of the u.s money comes from so that's also a pretty good sign do you think that the ratio between say individual traders and literally institutional funds is actually changing because i remember earlier this year especially during lockdowns around the world the amount of day trading in general has gone up not just for crypto but for stocks and other things and I was thinking that that would really pump crypto and I wonder if that's what's happening. But also, I see a lot of people saying at the moment that they think that actually this time it's not individual-led rally. This is actually, unironically, uh, institutional funds coming in. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think so too. Like, I do check how active is the more retail uh, exchanges, maybe like, say, Binance and it usually after like a big move up we get we kind of get like more people come in a bit and but if we do have like a pretty big drawdown and then like like some of them get wiped so it's more calm for for a while until the next leg up and then more people come in again do you have any ideas on why you think this bull rally would end when i think back to like 2017 we went from one thousand dollars to just under 20,000 um, around around Christmas. And it's kind of insane how like we've almost done the same thing this year. I wonder if, you know, this actually is the top or if this is the start. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like how I felt at the end of 2017 right now, but I do like to make sure I'm thinking about what could signal the end of the rally. Right. Yeah, I, I, I also don't see like extremes in the market yet. Like saying, mm end of 2017 although i didn't participate in the market but just looking at the history we would see one week futures trade at over a thousand dollars in premium these traders we literally are betting their money that that like a week later bitcoin would have pumped more than a thousand like that's really ridiculous you can literally arb that arb the spread and get like mm. an enormous amount of money the traders are actually just paying that much yeah so so like that was a good sign that yeah like like, this is extremely euphoric and obviously yeah all the anecdote 
anecdotal uh, signs, friends asking about Ripple. I don't know how everyone figures about <laughs> out about XRP. It must be something. There's something about Ripple that appeals to non-crypto, like normal people. At the end of 2017, I came home. I was living overseas that year, and I came home for Christmas. And all my high school friends, who I'd begged to buy Bitcoin and never had, were shilling me Ripple, and it was just this like weird nightmare because I obviously. I've never bought Ripple. I don't care about Ripple. And I had friends, you know, living in share houses and stuff. And I go in and they were all like researching Ripple on their computers and telling me like they were, some of them were trying to do TA on Ripple. And it was, I was, I actually freaked out and sold a heap of Bitcoin, which was good because it happened to be almost at the top. But, and I told them like, this is, this is freaking me out. Like, this is not a good sign. But yeah, I haven't, actually, I have had a couple people reach out and ask me about Ripple. Um, which has really irked me because I'm like, oh no, don't don't like curse the the market. But I still feel like it's relatively early, yeah, for sure. And yeah, there isn't that euphoria, weird stuff going on. Even on Twitter, you know, like you're not seeing anyone posting like pictures of buying like really extravagant things yet or anything. Here's an interesting question. Uh, oh, first of all, like, how long have you, have you been trading crypto, and how did you get into it? Well, I got in in 2018, but mm. just as we were uh, breaching 6k and like nuking indefinitely for the next two months, mm. that's uh, pro- approximately where I got in. And well, I, yeah, I, I didn't know much what everything was when I got in. I had, had no idea how, why the market was moved, why a- anything was going on, and uh, I just know like there's definitely fear in the market. I mean, we we were just like dying like 10% every day right so so I just bought some there although I had way less capital back then but but it was decent buys yeah I, I just didn't know much and had you known about crypto for a long time before then and were you like looking for a dip or did you just find out about it at that time I mostly just found out about it yeah, wow back then. yeah that's that's cool it's it's really interesting how many people I speak to now got in at that time a good side of a bear market is that it does allow people to get in right at better prices and start getting skills also i think it pretty quickly shakes out people who shouldn't be in the space if if you're dumping like you have to be smart yeah it definitely also like helped me be defensive i kind of hate to lose money so that's what i focus on a lot in my trading yeah how do you change your trading style as we flip from a bear market to a bull market or do you not really change it you just do the same stuff i i definitely yeah try to take bigger or, or more uh yolo bets and, and when mm. the trends about to change and, and like usually the altcoins won't move until bitcoin moves so usually you can literally just start entering alts as bitcoin goes parabolic mm. and for some reason alts just may, maybe it, that tension's not there yet or inefficient allocation of yeah Hmm. It is an interesting question, like, why do they pump so much? Because they all pump, pretty much, even the most random ones. Well, in the past, I used to think it was because most alts actually traded on Bitcoin pairs. So unless someone thought to sell them for Bitcoin, then they just kind of rise in US dollar value. Right, right. But then they also rise in Bitcoin value too, a lot of the time. So... It's it's weird. It's very. It's yeah, very it, it is weird. Before Bitcoin hit maybe fifteen point nine in November fifth, mm. like just a few days ago, Jaren Finance was trading at like what eight thousand. 
and then two days later it like spikes to like eighteen thousand. And, and and this thing trades. I think your like Wi-Fi trades mostly against stable coins. Like there's not much like, right. as much on the Bitcoin pair. So yeah, it is really weird. And it's, and it's really weird to see like the market just like flip out so hard in, within like two days. Yeah, I I think it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, in the sense that one of the simplest, most obvious trades you can make. If Bitcoin rallies, Ethereum will rally soon after, and then all the alts will rally. So if you see a massive Bitcoin pump, just buy, buy it, take an Ethereum position straight away and just wait, you know, a few days and then buy some rando alts and you'll see them pump almost without fail. That happens, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty, it's been working. Yeah. Mm, mm. And I remember personally going back to how you change your trading style. Back in 2017, I mostly stayed in Bitcoin just because I was so risk averse and it was my first proper massive pump where I had a, I had like a proper crypto position and I was just so scared of messing it up I guess but definitely this year I've been trying to like I've had an ethereum position I've been trying to buy some alt bags and whatever and yeah it's actually it's it's pretty fun <laughs> yeah, playing yeah, the bull actually, market right actually I didn't pretty much did not trade alts at all like, until maybe June this year. Alts were kind of that. Maybe except for Ether. Like I, I traded Ether around. I, I've been trading Ether too, but like I haven't touched any of this like Litecoin or like any of the DeFi back then. Mm. But uh, yeah, I guess I got punished pretty hard when uh, a ton of DeFi stuff just like rallied extremely hard, and, and I missed out like on the first leg. And luckily that was uh, this the, just the first leg of something much bigger and. Yeah, I, I was pretty lucky that like a few of my friends just convinced me like this is going to be like, a bigger trend. And, and I also noticed how like mo- like almost no one was allocated. So so that also helped me mm. be more conf- confident and just gra- grab some DeFi stuff, right? Yeah. Do you think the D- do you think DeFi's stuff's going to rally again? Yeah, I, I think I think it just depends on like still depends on a lot on Ether and Bitcoin, like what they do. Like I'm pretty sure if Bitcoin did did break twenty, like you can almost just roll a dice and buy any coin. Do you think say what we were saying before about how you get this phenomena where Bitcoin rallies, then Ethereum rallies and, and all the alts rally. Do you think that DeFi ones are gonna outperform the other alts? Or will they just rally with all the alts if if there's gonna be another DeFi rally? Oh it's Hard to say. I mean, I mean, they they're probably just rallied together. At least so far, we've mm. seen like rip outdo some of the DeFi coins just a few weeks ago, right? And, and it's so depressing. Part, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's man. It's probably just because it's listed on Coinbase, right? And it's like the biggest uh, fiat on ramp so far. Mm. Although I I did I do know a, a good amount of XRP buying was like traders. I honestly don't think like this is like just pure retail driven. So I'm I'm not that, that worried yet. It seems like a lot of traders took positions in XRP too. I mean yeah, this thing has been like fantastic to trade. I was like the intraday volatilities and stuff. Like I know some people who's just scalping it. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I can't bring myself to do it personally. Lumens is related to Ripple, right? Stellar, Stella, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's like an open source version of Ripple. But another classic trade that's right. just such an obvious one is whenever Ripple yeah. rallies, you just buy Lumens and then like a day or two later, they'll pump. Right. That, yeah, I remember like my friend like, literally was texting me like, dude, I just like went all in XLM. XRP is at like 0.7 now. Yeah. I'm like, geez, like I want to take the trade, but it's like I don't know, it's so hard for me. 
for me, I like trading relatively based on fundamentals. There are some coins I buy because as a bit of a joke, because I, I just think they're going to pump even though there's not a lot of like fundamental reason for them to do so. But I don't like ones like Ripple because they take themselves too seriously or something. And I don't want to be part of like the self-fulfilling prophecy that pumps coins like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it feels much better to buy Doge, which promises nothing. Other right. Than a joke, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then... And then if someone asks you, oh, how come you have a... No one's going to come up to you or like speak to you about your Doge bag um, and want you to talk about it seriously. Whereas if I bought Ripple and then, you know, I went and saw like those high school friends, for example, and I told them I had Ripple, they'd be like, oh, so do you think that all the banks are going to start using Ripple or something like that? And I just, I can't be bothered having that discussion with them. (laughs) The answer is no. (laughs) Say we, we go through 20K and the bull rally just se- probably continues, as we were saying earlier, because it's not, you know, there's no kind of reason at the moment to think that it should end. When it does end, I know this is like looking out so big picture, but do you think we like we just crash really hard again or do you think we just, it'd just kind of slow down this time? Well, I guess it slightly depends on like how the top plays out, right? Like, I, like I'm personally expecting it to like, just go really extreme for like a few days where it's just com- like the a parabola would just be completely vertical and mm. we just like move ma- massive thousands of dollars off the order books would be like very empty like no one mm. would be able to take much profits because there's not much liquidity like you, you i feel like you'd be able to s- like sell a few million just like move the markets hundreds of dollars yeah because of how how thin it would eventually get if like a per we, we get that parabolic yeah and options would probably just like i don't know be like three digit iv like non-stop <laughs> and like all the funding would be like very blown out probably mm. I, I mean yeah it, like if that happens yeah i think we, we'd see a pretty brutal correction and, and and probably just kind of repeat every other cycle i, I do expect like a, a lot just like a lot of consolidation afterwards after mm. the blow off top right yeah yeah okay that's that's an interesting um way of looking at it actually the way the rally ends is kind of um, decided by... Um, oh, like, what happens after the rally ends is decided how the rally ends. So if we just go vertical for a few days and it has to come down because probably because of a lack of liquidity. I remember that was definitely the vibe in 2017, for sure. Like, we just had those crazy, crazy days. Right, like, after it hit, went from, like, 10 to, like, almost 20... Mm. There's not there's not much volume actually traded there. The, yeah. the order books are extremely thin, right? You couldn't really be like, oh, I want to sell like twenty million. Like you you would just just get an extremely large slippage. It's like that. That's just how like how some of these vertical top feels like is like. Mm. I mean, may, maybe like there's some arguments against that happening again because like we have a derivative market and it's like how people can short it now and this top would be like less violent. Like mm. I, I'm personally still kind of expecting some form of at least like a few days of this kind of extreme volatility. At least, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see that to like confirm a top. Yeah, that, see, that's another reason I don't think we're anywhere near the top here because we don't. I don't get that vibe at all. Like looking at the exchanges, liquidity is still very healthy, and actually the fact that we could get all the way up to almost twenty k and and coast around here for the past you know week is really um really quite interesting. Actually, it shows there's quite a lot of like support here. I put this tweet out a couple of weeks ago that was very popular, um, saying how people forget 
with 2017 that at the start of 2017, we got back to the all-time high around Mount Gox days, which was 1,000 and something. And that was a huge thing because for the past 2015, 2016, the Bitcoin price was anywhere between 200 and $600 really. And it wasn't a given that we could get back above $1,000. And then, yeah, for a full year, we just went up and up and up and up. And I think if I had to guess whether we're, you know, at the top or at the start, I feel it feels more like January 2017, where I reckon we we now like pop up over 20,000, maybe 22,000 or something like that. And then we might coast there for a month or two. And then people are like, hang on, we're, this is actually like a new thing. We're going to be just pumping big time, trying to find where we want to stop. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that would make sense. And like, like, I don't know if we're we, we're going to pump entire 21. But mm. yeah, I do think there's like it just yeah, this doesn't feel like a, like a long term cycle top yet. Like what you said, like we're just consolidating here, right? Like that's a, like usually it's, it's not how bottom forms. It's usually kind of like way more. Oh, uh, sorry. That's not how top forms. Mm. It, it usually is more violent, like even the last year where we went parabolic from like 3k to 13k by the end we just had like 20 percent correction in like minutes i i actually traded that right like you can smash like a 500k order on bitmax and the price would almost move a hundred dollars that shouldn't be happening right and when that has started happening I'm, okay that, like that's pretty bad how is everyone who bought the order gonna take profit just me taking profit alone is gonna move it this much so i think that that's when it gets bad yeah so had you traded other things before trading cryptocurrency? No, not really. Like uh, this is pretty, yeah, this is like pretty much my first like interaction with any finance. Yeah, sweet. And do you trade other things now or you only trade crypto? Yeah, pretty much only crypto. Okay. Like I've tried, I've tried taking a gold trade, but like, I don't know anything about gold. So I'm not going to like <laughs> put any real money or like size on, on these, right? Like I have no edge in the gold market. I, I, like I don't know what the, they're doing. So yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. I feel kind of a similar way. I'm interested in other things, but when it actually comes to trading, it's just such a pain as well. When you, if you want to trade stocks or whatever, it's expensive. You have to sign up all these accounts and it doesn't trade 24 seven, which actually annoys me. Like, I don't like the idea of not being able just to exit. But yeah, do you kind of look at what's happening in, in mainstream finance or? I, I try to like keep up with the biggest moves. But honestly, like say my friends send me a link and they're like, oh shit, the Fed is about to host this meeting right now. And like he just starts speaking. I have no clue what he's talking about 80% of the time because I'm not really educated about traditional finance. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I do check the charts of say silver or gold a lot. Silver looks looks fun to trade. It's really volatile and it's a commodity and, and like some of the some ways like it's scam wick kind of makes me <laughs> feel at home because it feels more like crypto than stocks like i i, I don't think of any agent stocks the way stocks trade doesn't make much sense to me it, it, it just goes straight up for like really long time and then it just crashes a while and then i just keep going straight up it's yeah. like it's on <laughs> slow motion or something i often feel like actually what's happening with crypto is that it's the same patterns you see in stocks, but that just on such a shorter time frame, the whole thing's compressed. The way that crypto has rised over the past 10 years has been massive rises and crashes. And I think historically, when there's a new technology or a new investment area, the thing that's happened to Bitcoin would have happened over like multiple generations or something. But because the world is fast at the moment, 
and it trades 24 seven all over the world. All of that like behavioral cycle just gets crushed into a shorter time frame. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Also, there's just so many shorter time frame traders and they're just super emotional. Mm-hmm. Of course, we, we have access to an unsafe amount of leverage at any time. So yeah, it is super easy to get extremely reflexive moves. Mm-hmm. Because say the market is bearish and, and we start pumping and shorts start getting liquidating, like liquid liquidated. So we keep moving and then longs are like, oh, wait, look, look how shorted this market is. We, we need to get in. And so all the longs start piling and we pump even more. And, and then like until everyone's long off their tits and we say we start crashing again and you see all these longs get liquidated and the shorts are like, oh, wait. Like, look, like this market is too euphoric. So then they short and it's like this loop of extremely emotional traders. Yeah. Do you trade with leverage? I try to not use too much, but I, I also make uh, smaller accounts, especially for more degenerate purposes or times where it becomes actually a good risk management because then you know, okay, I'm going to take a lever position across like these alts, mm. but they're super risky. So I'm going to do it on a smaller account. That account is my, like my maximum loss. I do that once in a while, but yeah. That's good. At the beginning of 2017, uh, so one of my best mates, he just had found BitMEX. Oh, this was end of 2016, actually. It was like Bitcoin was around $700, $800. And uh, yeah, he just found out about BitMEX. And um, I caught up with him and he's like, oh, I've been doing trading these futures because we didn't have any more cash to buy Bitcoin, but we were so sure it was going to all time high. So he said, oh, you know, you can buy these futures and then you have more exposure without needing to buy more bitcoin and we're like oh that's a no-brainer so i put like almost all my bitcoin on bitmex and then opened a a long leveraged long position and i I was so close getting liquidated and losing everything (laughs) like it was so bad because the there was a correction just before um we got back above a thousand dollars and then i swore off leverage trading just because i i was so stupid in hindsight like it was just a very typical i didn't actually really look into it that much and was overconfident and then yeah i, I didn't do any leverage trading at all until yeah this year i opened an ftx account and i've been using that sub account feature just putting in like a small amount of money and then making like very high leverage trades but yeah it's much easier to manage the risk and the sub account feature it's fun yeah i'd name them stupid things and whatever oh actually i've yet to try out the sub accounts i've just been like making an entirely new account maybe I oh should try that. yeah it's it's super super easy on ftx yeah you literally like this is to drop down you click create sub account and then you can move money in there and it's completely isolated from the rest of rest of your funds but then that is kind of addictive in itself as well because it makes it so easy i think i've won bitmex account where it ran it from a small balance to like x10 mm. and then i would lose 90 percent mm. and i man i somehow managed to like x10 it again <laughs> only to like to lose 90 percent again and and that actually happened like four times on like on the same account it, it was like super ridiculous wow yeah i saw you tweeted recently about decentralized exchanges and how you want to try them out and stuff what are your thoughts in general on on dexes yeah i actually tried a lot of these decks and DeFi stuff since 2019 mm. i think in 2019 i actually used a lot of kyber oh yeah and kyber and dydx yeah, they, like these two were actually decently big back, back then i remember going to dydx mainly because they had just really cheap borrow for USDC and like it was it would, it would have been way more expensive for me to long on a centralized exchange because higher funding basically so you just used 
these decentralized exchanges because purely financially it was you were better off or do you think that there's like going to be a reason that people should use these exchanges beyond that because obviously most people say oh dexes will never be able to compete with centralized exchanges because they'll never be as fast or as liquid and yeah, I mean, yeah, DYDX was was probably horrible for scalping. The taker fee would just be slightly more than, like, say, Binance, right? So why would you use that if you could use Binance? But also, I think it would be slightly ignorant to assume that, oh, there's no solution to, like, any of this, like, in the future. I'm, I'm mostly just open-minded to these projects coming out. It's definitely a very well-built exchange that takes off. The evaluation would be massive, right? I mostly just don't want to say be too late to find something out like that. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I've been really, really impressed with the quality of DeFi platforms this year. It is definitely probably the most exciting space in crypto. Like you'd be pretty crazy not to be trying out stuff. Say with Uniswap earlier this year, just being interested in Uniswap meant you'd make so much money just because of all these weird coins and stuff that were only listed on Uniswap. It was really interesting because I was farming all these, a lot of these things and making quite a lot of money off that. And I talked to people about it and I noticed that if you couldn't figure out Uniswap, you would just... You just couldn't get access to any of this stuff. So it paid to have taken the time just to... It wasn't rocket science to use Uniswap, but if you'd never done anything like that before, it was really difficult. So yeah, that's a good that's a good point about just trying new things. Yeah, for sure. I, at first, when I saw Curve Finance had this pool of 1,000 APR, I was like, wait, is this a scam or like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then I farmed it, right? And then Wi-Fi turned out to be great. Yeah, there, uh, like there's definitely so much money to be made in DeFi and yeah I think ignoring it is pretty negative EV for sure. I also think as well that in the past people yeah they'd always say those things we're saying before about oh DeFi these decentralized exchanges are too expensive they don't have the liquidity blah blah blah. Actually what this year has shown is that they aren't necessarily competing with each other at all. You can do all the trading you usually do on BitMEX and Binance whatever and you can be trading on Uniswap it's kind of like a different market different fit and like different purpose yep yeah and and it's like i guess it's like a more niche purpose for now Hmm. for like smaller coins a lot of these small coins would usually have extremely thin order book but like if you do have some like sort of like amm just providing the liquidity traders would love that right i think it would still like take some time for these decks to like actually seriously compete with uh Mm. say bitmax yeah i guess the main problem is still the taker fee it seems hard for a lot of the decks to go below like 0.1 percent yeah which is too high although like a lot of the projects are like working on like layer two solutions like i'll i'll see what happens when they do ship it right like for me it's hard to like trust oh like this thing this project is making like going layer two that project's going layer two like there just has been a lot of empty promises so yeah i'm wait i'm waiting for them to ship it and then see if they're good are there any DeFi coins that you think are underrated or DeFi platforms that aren't finished yet or that are coming soon you think not many people know about yet not really like i honestly i think if you say okay this existing project they make some upgrade to their exchange and it's just great then yeah, I think you should just look to buy it. I, I think there's still a lot of alpha where it's like there's just a lot, a lot of people who don't believe this 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 thing can work. So if, if you're early to find out, you, you're probably right. That's a good. That's a really good point, actually. What do you think about platforms that are trying to do DeFi across chains, so not just for Ethereum stuff? 
Oh, I haven't looked into question as deeply, so. Mm, so yeah, I'm probably I... uh, underqualified to comment. Okay, yeah, because I reckon that's. I think it's still so early, but like you said about people being skeptical about stuff. I still haven't seen like a quality cross-chain DeFi product, but imagine if you had a Uniswap where you could do Bitcoin to Ethereum. That would be a massive game changer, I think. And the first platform that actually figures out how to do that will boom so hard. But, you know, whether whether that's actually possible or how long that's going to take is yet to be seen. But that's kind of the niche that I've got my eye on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a, like an important thing. I still think if stable coins have some problem then btc would just be just the stable coin in DeFi with like most capital the market cap is already so big right so it's it's just like the easiest way to pump money pump money into DeFi, or or, or, or like pump money into like all these other chains right because then so so that's like not forced by some like regulation where some kind of activity is prohibited say if they regulate usdc then I don't think you'd be allowed to, like, say, deposit to, like, some futures exchange rate. Yeah, did you see uh, there was this thing recently about some proposal to regulate stablecoins in the United States? That, yeah, that's pretty concerning, right? It's like, what happened to a lot of the stablecoins and, like, some of these projects currently that's probably going to be questionable? Yeah, there, there's a lot of discussion on Twitter about that. I found it really, really interesting. One thing I worry about is eventually this gets big enough and then some dumb laws are passed that really take the space back big time. Anyone outside of crypto isn't going to care. That's the problem. So say, for example, crypto is really pumping. It gets to the point where regulators go like, actually, yeah, we do want to pass some laws specific to crypto. They make an absolute hatchet job of it, just trying to crunch crypto concepts into the existing kind of frameworks and ideas about what banking and finance and trading is when crypto is genuinely novel and genuinely different in my opinion if you want to write good laws for crypto you almost need to look at it as a cultural phenomenon as well and think like what does this mean about why are people using crypto like what are they trying to escape what are they trying to do differently but i think that people who aren't in crypto they just don't care so they'll write bad laws and then that could really make things slow down, unfortunately. Or, you know, the the development will just have to move to jurisdictions that are less restrictive and whatever. But it is something that really concerns me. And I think that the Twitter discussion showed that I think a lot of crypto people are naive about this. That they, they think that there's no way you would be able to pass bad laws. But most likely, if there is crypto-specific legislation, it'll be really bad for crypto. Right, yeah, I heard from uh, some of my friends, uh, smart friends, where they're somewhat concerned about this. Uh, although I don't know enough about laws to like, have my own view. But what do you think about, just to go like a little bit less finance, what do you think about crypto as a cultural thing? Like, what do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, like the first time I was introduced to crypto was like this local college like meetup. Yeah, and, and like it was just so cool. We were just like all from like different backgrounds, and like we, we just kind of share like this language of like that's kind of like just crypto because it just works for everyone, right? It's not like oh, this is a uh, Japanese yen, and mm. someone someone else wouldn't be able to like use it or something like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's a really powerful cultural phenomenon, actually. I think it's super futuristic in the way that it's so global and it's twenty four seven. 
and it brings all these people together from all over the world like that is a genuinely interesting thing and as like an opt-out as well you know you buy enough crypto at the right time and it will genuinely change your life in the sense that like you might not have to work anymore or you know you get tied up into these into thinking about the world in a different way and that isn't really spoken about enough i don't think because if i think people forget you know, if you get sucked into crypto and you're trading it all the time and then you're just talking to crypto people you start to li- live in that bubble but if you kind of exit that bubble you realize that the rest of the world is still moving so slowly and isn't as interconnected as like crypto people tend to be as in like in a global perspective like we're not thinking about the same things and so yeah as i was saying before like that's why i'm so sure that if if laws are written they're just going to be bad because people just don't get it (laughs) like non-crypto people don't get it they don't understand what's actually going on here they just see it as like a a weird finance project that needs to be shoved into existing um ideas but it doesn't when i interviewed suzu i remember him saying that um one of the most interesting things about crypto is people don't realize how like subversive this technology is like it really upends a lot of stuff it keeps growing and that's very powerful in itself right right for sure yeah for sure so you said before that you tend to think on a one to two week time frame yeah well like what do you what are your thoughts then in the super short term in, in the short term mm. well well i guess sorry just taking a look at, at my monitor yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> about to get some fresh analysis <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't have like a strong directional view in the short term so I, and i actually don't have a position but oh wow yeah uh, but i think ether looks would, would look good if it like sustained the very current price like 575 mm. this, there's a lot of trapped sellers on ether actually like just a lot of longs just uh closed very low like that that usually kind of like creates this imbalance like usually people don't get to buy back again if, if they like if, if they exit it in a, like a bad place right so that, that's that's just kind of how the market works when a lot of sellers get like trapped it kind of become it kind of just forms like pretty strong support so so like i i think ether is gonna hold around like mid 500 so yeah that's my current view yeah do you think say bitcoin gets over 20k and and manages to hold that and just keep going up for a while do you think that ethereum will quickly kind of go for an all-time high rally as well i'm not not no not much comments on that but yeah i can see like this thing just like keep ripping to like 700s it it, it seems about where it would be if just above 20,000 isn't like a significant move like percentage wise like that's only like like 21k is only like a 15% move now so and if ether is like a higher beta like a 30% move it's be like around 700 yeah i kind of thought that bitcoin and ethereum would all time high at the same time and it hasn't really happened but i still think that ethereum will kind of have these catch up pumps where it yeah rallies even harder than bitcoin does um until it reaches a similar relative position relative to all-time high if that makes sense yeah for sure yeah like actually uh, i don't think there's much like uh past trading on ether here so it's like it's very much already like price discovery so mm. the order books would be pretty thin so it, it, it wouldn't take like a significant amount of like buying to like get past like into 700s i, I don't think mm. cool well I think we'll um, wrap up 
thank you so much for coming onto the Zim and JD interviews. Yeah, very, very happy to talk to you again. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you.